and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, DOTB proudly presents to you your podcast champions of the world, Christian Philly Philemon, the scarf, J.R. Liebert. We are defenders of the bank. And if you ain't down with that, we got two words for you. Family friendly. That's right. Family (laughs) friendly. Welcome to episode 230 of the most LAFC podcast in any galactic solar system, whatever the hell you want to call it. I've already taken the liberty of introducing the both of us so we don't have to go down that corridor again. But just in case you weren't paying attention or you were shocked or you needed to lower the volume on your car because you didn't realize you were going to have your Monday morning cup of Philly this loud and early in the morning. I'm Philly. That's Scarf. Here we are. Hello. What is good, everybody? Philly, I love the intro, buddy. That is solid. Improvising. Not even written down. Didn't even think about it. I hit record and boom, the magic happened. You know, whenever Philly takes the reins, I have to hold my breath just a little bit on the intro because I never know what's going to happen. We might have a purple flamingo. We we got uh, some Degeneration X on this one. Or this the New York not- Knicks bear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You have a You've new- seen better a- days. Sorry, That's buddy. a... That's a crying bear right there. Uh, Hey, Philly, uh, look, this is something new that the LAFC pod fam wanted to get started. This is kind of exciting. This is our contribution, and there are lots of other LAFC podcasts and other media outlets that are putting out some fun stuff today. This is our contribution to something that we are going to call, going forward, MLS Monday. That's right, MLS Monday. LAFC podcasts from around our little universe are each putting out episodes and content today because, of course, yesterday was the Super Bowl, the end of American football season, and we want to bring everybody into the Los Angeles football arena. LAFC is obviously the defending reigning world or MLS champion, I guess not world champion. Uh, That would be Real Madrid, I guess, technically, right? Uh, But this is a really cool thing. Uh, MLS Monday. This is kind of fun, Philly. Yeah, kind of fun indeed, as if we uh, didn't have enough podcasts to record within our own time. But why the heck not? It's yeah. We got to do content. We're still trying to figure out the format for the season. As you can see, if you have the opportunity to see it, if you're only right. hearing it, we are now on YouTube. This is our second go round on this platform. We're going to be doing some fun stuff. We may even have a regularly scheduled one more sleep. We just have to work <laughs> out the kinks in that category, figure out what scarfs teaching and coaching and carding and whatever the heck else he's got going on in his life. But yeah, I can make it happen. I can definitely make it happen. Absolutely. We we can make that happen. This is very exciting. We want to thank our good friends over at flex flex power tools.com. Philly's rocking the red. We call that the Maxime Cropot special, the red flex goalkeeper kit. Uh, We want to just remind you guys to check out flex power tools.com. We have a lot of friends who have, since we have uh, lovingly become sponsored, by Flex Power Tools. They have tried Flex Power Tools. We have provided several of our friends with Flex Power Tools and they absolutely love them. So please, please, please check out our good friends over at Flex Power Tools, flexpowertools.com. And that being said, this was a little bit lower on our rundown that we were going to talk about, but Flex is presenting the new away kit. Philly, you and I got the uh, the notice today that before the preseason match against the San Diego Loyal, and we'll talk about that more in just a little bit, They are dropping the new away kit. Of course, our last away kit was the, I believe the color is technically linen, correct? The uh, the tannish linen kit. Uh, This is not going to be so. This is 
Some people are calling it the Cypress Hill Green Smoke Kit. Some people are calling it uh, lots of different things. I- I'm in- I'm interested to see it in person, Philly. Uh, your thoughts on the Away Kit that is dropping February 18th, 1 p.m. Well, if you're going to reference Cypress Hill, I'm going to say you'd have to be insane in the membrane to not want to buy it. I think it looks really cool, man. The first leak that I saw, and there's always going to be people out there trying to break news, trying to leak things, and it spoils it for the rest of us. I genuinely like being surprised. I like being surprised with the TIFO. I like being surprised with a lot of things in my life because sometimes it's more fun. But I enjoyed it upon first glance. The uh, the L.A. by itself was certainly yeah. an intriguing change as opposed to the shield. If it happens to come with a star above it, I'd like it even more. But the more and more I see the leaks come out on the on the social spheres, the more and more I grow to like it. The more yeah. I see the reversible anthem jacket, the green side of that, the more and more I like it. So whether it's Cypress Hill related, whether it's military related, whether it's I can't think of anything else related. I enjoy it. I really like it. What do you think? Yeah, look, uh, first and foremost, for anybody that thinks we are shills of the club, uh, <laughs> we, we, are, we are not, which I, I kind of enjoyed that uh, that little take by by someone out there. Uh, but that being said, uh, look, when I first saw it, didn't love it. I didn't love it. But then you know what I thought? As long as they don't mess with the home kit, right? The home yeah. kit has to be black and gold. That's I, I don't think anybody wants anyone to mess with the home kit. We... Just to hear Max, and we don't know how many times we're going to be able to hear Max say this. It might be other people say, but we are back in black. There's just something about LAFC at home in those black kits. This is our away kit, though. And you know what I was thinking? This is our chance to experiment, right? It's our chance to have a little bit of fun with it. We've had white kits. We've had, what do they call that? The the concrete, the the skid mark kits, whatever they like to call that second one. <laughs> what? We had the, the linen. Cool. Yeah, the one before the linen kit. People called it all kinds of, the roadkill kit, I think it was. There's all kinds of different stuff they called it. But uh, the third kit, the linen kit, everybody was like, ah, linen. We've never had like a tan color before. And, and everybody wound up loving it. It looked great on the players. It looked great, except with white shorts. Rich, nope. it doesn't look good with white shorts. Anyways, nope. this, uh, hopefully, dear God, if they wear white shorts with this kit, I'm going to lose it. Uh, but, th- you know, at, like you said, as I've seen it more and more and more, I've started to like it. I really do like And look, you mentioned the Anthem jacket. The Anthem jacket is sweet. It does, however, for all those of you that are watching or listening, it does run short, like as in like, you know, short down to like the waist area. I, I bought the extra large. It, it fits great as an extra large jacket, except down to the bottom where if I raise so my hands top. up. Yeah, it can be. And no one wants <laughs> to see scarf in a crop top. Uh, Nina so, wants to see scarf in a crop top. I don't think uh, even Philly, that not might so be, much. No, not Philly. Uh, I think that might be pushing it even a little bit, but I, I may have to. So I, I am back down into an extra large, which is great, but I may have to go back up to an X, a double X on the, uh, in the Anthem jacket. I don't know, Philly. I want your thoughts on this. I am of the opinion. I am of the camp that you can only put stars above crests. And technically, the LA on the reversible side of the jacket and the LA on the away kit isn't our crest, right? It's it's a it's a logo. It's the it's the LA insignia. I don't know. Are we putting a star above the LA? Uh, what's your take on it? Well, first and foremost, if you start seeing us hanging out in the owner's box, then you'll know we're corporate shills. Until then, we are not. So just even being called a corporate shill still puts a smile on my face. It means that well. People think that the front office knows, loves, and trusts us. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Wait and see. 
uh, as far as <laughs> I don't even know every, what that means. I like it. As far as everything else is concerned, um, I, look, we 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 won, dude. Like a star. No, I know. Put a star on everything. Let's go. Put a star on everything. But like from what I'm hearing on Twitter, there's some outlets. If you order on Fanatics, you'll get the jacket with the star on it. If you right. order from Adidas, you don't. So there is a discrepancy there. I don't know what they have at LAFC HQ. Since you're telling me they run a little short, I don't want to order anything online until I try it out. And what that's going to mean. On Saturday at 1 p.m. by the Pepsi Plaza and LAFC HQ, I may be in the market not only for my 2700 LAFC jersey, <laughs> but I'm going to go cop that jacket. So I need uh, – and this is rough, man. I got, got Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yeah. I got Panda's birthday next Monday. I've, yeah. got, uh, I've got all kinds of trips I have to plan. And then LAFC just drops this on me as well. So I'm going to have to find 200 bucks in my corporate shill account in order to go out there and fund this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm excited. We want to start, look, put a star on, on everything. I, sure. I mean, wh- wh- what are the rules? I mean, galaxy had a, a five, a gold star, which typically means five titles. And then they had all the other stars on there. I mean, no yeah. rule. We won. Let, <laughs> let us rub it in everybody's face in every single way that we can, because for now we're going to have one star at the conclusion of this season. We'll have two. So then we'll there complain about it then. I love it. I love it. Look, uh, this this last Sunday, obviously Super Bowl Sunday, Philly and I hung out watching uh, the Super Bowl with uh, with our respective significant others. That was fun, along with our friend Molly and Chris Lafferty. More on Chris Lafferty in just a little bit. Uh, but uh, it, it wasn't just the Chiefs uh, versus the Eagles. It was Philly versus the Gout uh, for for a lot of that day. How how are you feeling there, bud? You uh, you were a little worse for wear by the time you left. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Well, I still have to utilize these bad boys, and it's not because I'm doing any any cosplay WWE stuff. Uh, it's gotten better. The, the gouts, yeah, it's crutches for those of you who are not watching this, but I, I would hope you'd watch it, but I'd also hope you'd download it because our download numbers are what's put us in a position to uh, get paid. <laughs> Do so, both. Do both. Yeah, I, um, I'd like to get paid, but we can get paid on both. That's good. Anyway, um, the gout transition itself over into bursitis on the back of the heel. It's gotten better. I can put some weight down on it, but needless to say, it still sucks. So I'm warning you all right now, please don't tempt me at tailgates or founders club or any, any festivities with beer. Beer is what flares up this gout horrifically. And I've never had it for quite this long. Dude, it's and bad. So I implore you not to tempt me with beer. I have very weak willpower when it comes to adult <laughs> beverages, and especially like when Marty McFly gets called yellow, like you know how he freaks out. Somebody said anything about that to me, I'd I'd probably freak out too. So I'm happy to do shots. I'm happy to consume. You heard it. There it is. And and wine, sanitary shooty shoeys galore in that endeavor. But please, no more beer. I I just, it kills me, but it's killing me to consume it. Yeah, dude, it was it was rough. Uh, so there's going to be a video coming out in just a little bit of the erection giggity of a scarf wall ah. over at uh, over at Nina's. We put together a scarf wall, which is a lot of fun. And our buddy Chris Lafferty uh, helped us with the the help of, of course, our, our good flex power tools that we were able to put everything up. Uh, the scarf wall is great. It holds 51 scarves as of right now. I think if I if I re-engineer some things, I can get it to like 54. Uh, Great. We'll so that's that like ten percent of your collection. It's it, it's maybe a fourth at this point of the of the unofficial counted 
uh, scarf collection. But I uh, want to say thank you to Chris for putting that up. And of course, thank you to Flex Power Tools for allowing us to have the power tools to put those up. So, so more content on the Flex wall in a little bit. I just felt awful because Philly was kind of, uh, he, he was resorting to just kind of sitting there for a little bit and handing us scarves every now and then. Man, that foot was, uh, it was hurting, but I'm glad you're all right. Thank you. Uh, Instead of the purple haired flamingo, I was the purple footed flamingo. <laughs> We're talking about like going as superheroes, right? For the next, uh, the Empire Strikers game and Panda goes, yeah, you can go as Bigfoot. <laughs> that was kind of messed up. Uh, I just want to also mention for, for any of you that won money on the Super Bowl. And I know a lot of people bet on the Super Bowl. A lot of people took the Chiefs. Our condolences to John McCarthy because this is the third championship in four months, but at least they didn't lose two on the same day. That the beautiful city of brotherly love who booed Dak Prescott for winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, by the way. You got you gotta love Philly fans because uh, they're always exactly like that. Uh, our condolences to everybody in Philadelphia for losing your third championship in four months. It uh, And we helped with that. So there you go. On my, not Philly and I, but, you know, LAFC. Uh, but for those of you that put money on Kansas City and won some money, or maybe you won some money on a Super Bowl square or on a parlay or something fun, I do want to remind you. <laughs> the Gatorade that didn't get posted the, live. The, the purple Gatorade that nobody saw actually come down on Andy Reid. Purple, by the way, was the long shot. It was plus 800, I think, on a lot of those, which is kind of neat. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that the Mauricio Mo Facio futsal court in Southeast LA fundraising effort is still underway. And LAFC, along with the Mo Facio Foundation uh, and the 3252, are still fundraising and partnering to build this futsal court in Southeast LA in Mo's honor. The link to donate continues to be in our bio. And I do want to mention, if you Google Mo Facio, or excuse me, on Instagram, you hit up Mo Facio Scarf. I talked to the foundation, and there are still, and this is kind of a staggering number, there are still 300 scarves available for purchase. And at $35 a scarf, I know $35 is a lot for a scarf, right? Like, I get it. I buy scarves all the time. $35 is a lot for a scarf. Not for this scarf. This scarf is beautiful. This scarf is, is very well designed. It's, it's, look, all of those things are great, but it's also for Mo and for the court. So maybe you won a little bit on a parlay or on your Super Bowl square, or you took the Chiefs because, you know, it's Pat Mahomes. Who's going to bet against Pat Mahomes? Maybe you take $35 out and you go buy a scarf, or maybe you take $20 out and you go donate to the Futsal Court Foundation, uh, the fund. Whatever it is, take a minute, and if you've got a little bit extra because you won some money on the Super Bowl, donate it to Mo's Court because we got to get that thing built, guys. I agree, and at the very least... It's, it's, it's a tax write-off. It's charity. You're donating you to go. charity. You're donating to a good cause. Obviously, Mo, uh, a beloved member of our community. We've said this countless times. You've seen that Brotherhood t-shirt. We've seen the images of Mo. It's still gut-wrenching to think that he's no longer with us. But he can be. He is in spirit, but he can be physically as a result of this, this futsal court. So, you know, we still have the link in the bio. At least I'm pretty sure we still have the link in the bio if you need the directions as to how to go out there and contribute by the scarf. Uh, we're still going to be doing things. We're still going to be finding ways throughout the course of the season to raise money for that futsal court. So let's get this sucker done. Let's, let's do it. Shoulder to shoulder, baby. Yeah, absolutely. We have to get this done. I did just want to double check too, and it is still up there. If you go to lafc.com backslash Mo hyphen Facio, F A S C I O. You can see the link to donate there right on LAFC's uh, page as well. So make sure you check out that's LAFC.com backslash Mo 
hyphen Facio, F-A-S-C-I-O. So let's get into a little bit of this day in LAFC history, some quick news and notes, and then we are going to give you a rundown of the preseason victory out at the Polo Grounds in Indio. We had a lot of fun catching up with the Dama Diamande, Bob Bradley, Mark Anthony K. not really anywhere to be found or talked to very much out there. Uh, we even saw and had a Thomas Romero sighting in the game. So that was fun for all of us, but a very quick this day in LAFC history. But before that, a quick reminder, if you are not already, please follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank, B-A-N-C, because it'll always be the bank, and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. So please give us a follow if you are not. And if you're watching this, because we are put, uh, putting this up uh, via StreamYard on YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please hit that like button, the subscribe button, whatever the cool kids tell you to do now with these kind of things. Please do that on YouTube. We would love to have you follow us because we are going to be pushing content out on YouTube over and over and over again. And oh, by the way, there's there's not a ton to check on check out on it right now because it needs to be updated. And thank goodness the girls are both getting laptops because you know how bad we are at keeping those things updated. But maybe you mosey on over to defendersofthebank.com. That's our website. We got a whole website up. It might need to be updated, but hey, peruse around a little bit. We're going to have a shop up there kind of soon with some merch, and we are very excited for that. We got some cool stuff going on, so please check it out. Let's get into this day in LRC history. Philly, we were very excited to be able to reconnect with, and and he did talk with us for a very short second during the game, which was kind of fun. Uh, Number 99. Adama Diamande, which, look, I have gone on record as saying, after Latif Blessing, uh, he is my favorite player to ever wear black and gold. I know that's blasphemy to not say Carlos Vela, but you know what? I love number 99, Adama Diamande. The subject of our episode recorded back on May 26th, 2020, episode 99 for number 99, our former great one. We now have another great one who wears number 99, which is pretty sweet. But happy birthday, born on Valentine's Day, one Adama Diamande. So this day in LAFC history, February 14th, Adama Diamande's birthday. We're recording this on Monday, February 13th, but we're going to the 14th for that. All right, that's it for this day in LAFC history. Philly. Oh, but I, Scarf, I know... you know how old Dio's going to be? 99. Uh, no, that's he might be number 99 on the turf, but he's <laughs> going to be Aaron Long's jersey number. Ooh, wow. He's really gonna be, wow, 33. Oh, I was going to play a cool contest with everybody. I guess you're oh, the cats out of the bag. Damn it. Man, Long way to Aaron, spoil that one. Spoiler alert, spoil my scarf. Aaron Longwear's 33. Uh, so, Philly, you must be excited. We talk about this all Always the time. I, I am, I, I don't know if it's fair to characterize how excited I am for number 14, Giorgio Chiellini, to be on the team. Because if anybody knows, I am a fan of the Azuri, even though we don't play in World Cups, we win the Euros. And having the captain, of the Italian national team wearing black and gold is one of the highlights. And, and we spoke to each other in Italian for a hot second after the match. I had a moment with Giorgio Chiellini and, and that was incredible. Philly was there for it. He saw it. He can attest to it, but you've got to be excited Philly that there is finally a Bundesliga and sorry, I always get it wrong. Say Bundesliga two in German again for me. Zweite Bundesliga. Thank you. And there is a, a Bundesliga and a Zweite Bundesliga player now representing the black and gold Philly. Tell us all about Timothy Tillman. 24-year-old midfielder, my man, from Greuther Fürth in the Zweite Bundesliga. Bayern Munich product. Played a full season in the Bundesliga. Uh, 
He's a dual citizen, U.S. and and German. He had some national team uh, exposure in the U's. He's got a brother named uh, Malik who's played with the U.S. men's national team as well. I mean, there's a player that's coming in. Anybody who has the opportunity to play for the the Bavarian machine, Bayern Munich, you know, you know they're going to get really good schooling. The Germans, their philosophy and their school of study when it comes to playing football is very, very team-focused. You're never going to see Germans out there winning golden boots because they're always so team oriented. And here's a young man who spent the season around. I mean, he uh, he he got he did get loaned out as well, but to to know that there's a German on this team that's that's US citizen as well. I mean, that's that's a cool thing. I, I can't say I've seen too many of his statistics or too many of his games during his time in the Zweite Bundesliga. I mean, the club that I really keep up with mainly in that division would be uh, St. Pauli. But I mean, he's got a really good pedigree, still a young man. We got the opportunity to see him play at the Indio Polo Grounds, which is pretty cool. And he certainly had an impact on the game. A a, a relatively tall but slender young man. And I think he's going to have a big impact on our team. He's certainly going to be a depth piece for us in the midfield. I don't envision him starting over Sifu Acosta or Sanchez, but he's (laughs) certainly going to get big minutes down the road. And if it just so happens down the season that we sell – Sifu, I mean, this young man can step up and really put in some big minutes as he's learning Steve Chirondolo's system. So pretty cool to have a German on the team. Finally, this this is good stuff. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, I mean, I look, I'm gonna be I'm I'm optimistic. It should be a good thing. If anything, uh, he's certainly gonna have um an impact one way or another. I mean, it's made an impact on me and I'm smiling. So yeah, yeah. Me. Philly, I feel like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. You said the magic word where everybody in the playhouse kind of goes nuts. Midfielder, right? We <laughs> needed those. <laughs> yep, there you go. You, you said midfielder. You stole and, and my bike. Cherry just went nuts, right? In the Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, I, I think that you mentioned it right away though, first of all, uh, coming from that German system, whether it's Bayern Munich or say, say Greater Furt. Right, great. Say it one more time. One when more. you have an umlaut, think yep. of it as like, 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 ew, like that. Yeah. Okay. So say it one more time for me. Greater Firth. Greater Firth. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm get. I'm gonna get better. It's not Gruther Firth, but whatever. Firth. I'll do the best I can. Uh, Brother that being Firth. Said, but <laughs> you know, he played a full season in the Bundesliga when uh, Greater Firth. Oh God, it's going to be fun. No, it's uh, it's hard for me to say as well. I mean, it's not something that rolls off the tongue splendidly. But you know, let's not kid ourselves. German isn't exactly the most romantic sounding language. They anyway. got farfalla. They have butterfly. Schmetterling. Thanks, Germany. Krankenwagen. There's that one skit where they're like they're using they're saying words in multiple languages in Spanish, Italian. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the like the airplane thing, and they're like Flugzeug. Like it just sounds like you're constantly being yelled at. Yes, but that that being said, uh, Red Bull's Flugtag is one of my favorite things I've ever done in my entire life. I've seen that. You love ninety nine Red Balloons. Oh my god, I do. Uh, you mentioned though uh, he has played a full season in the Bundesliga when they were up. They got relegated the very next season, so yep. unfortunately, not a lot of time up. Uh, but he he is a hard nosed midfielder who, by the way, was on the team for about twenty four hours. And Steve Trinola was like, "Yep, oh, get out there, kid, have some fun." He played what yes, the last ten looks. fifteen minutes. I, I absolutely love it that uh, Timothy Tillman hit the ground running. We're going to talk a little bit more about Tillman and the rest of the lineup out in Indio in just a second, but I kind of liked what I saw early on from Timothy Tillman, very limited minutes. So everybody relax, everybody breathe. But that being said, liked what I saw and we saw him right away wearing number 11 for LAFC, Timothy 
11? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Sifu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he's wearing 11. Uh, we did mention it, but we'll mention it one more time. The 2023 away kit launch is Saturday, February 18th, before the San Diego Loyal match at BMO. It is a one o'clock kit launch. That's when everything starts out there at the Pepsi Plaza. This event is being presented by Flex. So make sure you head out there. You can pick up the away kit first thing before the 5 p.m. match. And, and, and look, don't forget, if you haven't checked your account, season ticket holders, they put in today your ability to reserve up to four tickets for the San Diego Loyal match. It costs free 99, zero dollars gratis. So make sure you reserve your tickets. San Diego Loyal versus LAFC at BMO, 5 p.m. Saturday, February 18th. And at 1 p.m. is the kit launch where you're going to see Philly purchase the jacket and the kit. I already have an extra large jacket, but Nina may steal that one from me. So I might have to buy a double X just so I don't show my belly button every time I wear it. <laughs> Can I? We, we have to see it on you first for content. I mean, sure. You have to allow the millions and several <laughs> to vote on this. They don't want to scarf see. stay with the crop top or they should he not. go out there and buy another? They're I know gonna, that everybody at LAFCHQ is going to say buy another, but for good reason. They're going to vote for the crop top, and I don't want to wear that. All right. Hey, uh, you got to listen to the people. It's the people <laughs> that matter, man. I, I do try to be a man of the people. That is true. Uh, I do want to also mention, Philly, we got an email about a time change for an away match, and it is our first away match of the year. It, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to the Seattle away match this year on March 18th. It is two days before my ascent into the fourth floor. But that being <laughs> said, I, I'm going to hear it from Philly so much after that. I'm not looking forward to that. But it is a time change for the March 18th away match. If you were going to Seattle to watch LAFC play our first road match of the 2023 regular season, kickoff has moved back an hour to 1 p.m. instead of 12 p.m. And that is all. That's all I got. Yeah, moving, yeah, moving right along. <laughs> there you go. Nothing, nothing more to report there. Uh, what, uh, two last quick things. Danny Trejo signing with the Phoenix Rising. That'll be fun. He'll be out here playing some games. They do play against Los Gross. I'm assuming they'll they'll play a match against LAFC 2 every now and then. Uh, so if Phoenix Rising is coming to Los Angeles, we might as well go and watch them play. Danny Trejo uh, will be out there. He scored a ton of goals in the USL, obviously, for the Las Vegas Lights. He was a, a fan favorite of ours here on Defenders of the Bank. So, hey, congrats, Danny Trejo, for keeping his professional football dream alive with Phoenix Rising. And Philly, unbeknownst to anybody around there, LAFC2 played a preseason friendly. We had yeah, no idea. Against the LA Force, a NISA team. I'm yeah, not a, team, a, a team that's been pretty good in the the Nisa uh, uh, area of things for quite a while here in Los Angeles. Their headquarters were like right down the street from where I live too, so that that was I didn't even know that was the case. But the Los Angeles Force Instagram uh, Instagram reported that they played a friendly on February 11th with LAFC two, and that is all. No word of any results. No word of any score. I do know of one goal that actually occurred, Scarf. I'm ready. So having been a, being the play-by-play guy for the Empire Strikers, we have a young man who uh, is in contention for Rookie of the Year who played MLS Next last season for Rochester. Gabriel Costa 
try is is try on trial, I guess, for the LA Force. I think they're obviously still going through their tryouts. Oh, really? As we're going, but he and I know I saw videos of him scoring a, a PK against LAFC two. Whether or not uh, he was supposed to be there, or he got permission from the Empire Strikers, uh, that is news. Um, I'm not going to blow news. This Look at Philly breaking actual news. See, we do break actual news here on this podcast. Well, every we'll now break and then. news that's legit, not break news on speculation. That's that's but, not. But this is how we never Philly. operated. I, I haven't seen anything reported on this match, and here you go with your Empire Strikers insider knowledge. You might also be getting Gabriel Costa kicked off the team, but that's all right. Well, no, so like his social media post, if anything, would get him kicked off the team because that's how I learned about it. <laughs> See, so it's scouring public. the internet for your LAFC2 knowledge. I mean, that was an honest accidental mistake. <laughs> I like it. I like it. it. So there you go. We, we we were at least down, or at least they, they scored a goal against LAFC2 at one point. So no word of the results. We will try and follow up, see what we can get on LAFC2. That being said, that's the end of our news and notes. Let's get right in to our breakdown of the match. And it's not going to be a blow-by-blow, minute-by-minute, although if you follow us on Twitter, at DefendTheBank, you could have seen us live tweeting from the match, and Philly was basically live casting the match on our Instagram at Defenders of the Bank. The entire time. So hopefully LFC was okay with that. Uh, we did it anyway. So there you go. Uh, we played our second preseason match at the uh, Coachella Valley Invitational, uh, which was, you know, a great atmosphere out there for the second match. Philly, you got to be there when there were a lot of people. So that was fun. You got to see the match. I mean, each of the bleachers were filled with the exception of the VIP bleacher that that one man was guarding for 13 people. Uh, but the uh, the bleachers overfilled so much that the bleachers behind us that were getting ready to watch the second match, which was what Sporting K, no Minnesota United versus Red Bulls, uh, they had fans standing at the top of those bleachers watching our match too, which was really cool. Not many changes, but a few in the starting lineup for LAFC Philly. Why don't you get into the breakdown? Who was the starting eleven for our match against Toronto? Yeah, we'll start up top. It was Carlos Vela, Denny Buanga, and Opoku starting up front instead of Stipe. Uh, midfield, you had the usual suspects. You had Ilya, you had Kellen, and you had Sifu. Our back line, we had Hollingshead, and we had Chiki on the outside. And inside, we had Chiellini, and we had Murray. In between the pipes, starting Big John McCarthy. Yeah, so, had a really had a really good game. Uh, the three changes, right? You mentioned from our last starting lineup: McCarthy, Chiellini, and Mahala. In for uh, it was Eldon Yakupovich, uh, Aaron Long, and uh, Shkibe Buke. So, you know, I, I think what we're seeing, Philly, and we'll talk more about this at the end. But we're seeing uh, all the all the first teamers, right? Guys that'll at least make the eighteen, if not start. A little worried about how much we keep running out Ilya, Sifu, and Kellen every single time we play every single match. Our midfield is going to be stretched very thin if we keep doing that. But this is definitely what we would consider, obviously, with the exception of Maxime Cropo back there in goal because he is not healthy yet, though he was out there in India. Uh, this is pretty close to what we might even see Philly starting the regular season for LAFC. Your thoughts? Uh I still I still think Stipe is going to end up getting the, the start over Mahalo. Eventually, eventually. Right. I mean, right. 
I mean, Opoku already knows the system. He's proven in the MLS. He's found the back of the net. Last season was obviously his best season in his career. So I think he's going to get the start. Once Stipe starts to get comfortable, understand things within Chirondolo's system, build a chemistry with the players, he's certainly going to get a lot of run. I mean, top 40, under 40 within Europe. I mean, he is a highly sought-after kids so i know we're going to get some playing time out of him and obviously as a selling club that's going to be the perfect player that you're going to want to develop coming in from croatian giants high duke split that's that's your next player that you're going to build up and sell so we're going to see a lot of minutes out of him as far as the midfield is concerned i think that's going to be what it's going to be uh, largely intact until the time comes where sifu gets sold off whether or not the club intends to or or whatever and then as far as in the back on the outside, Hollingshead and Cheeky, no questions there. Uh, Murray, for sure. It's just that other center back position, whether it's going to be Long or Chiellini. I, I anticipate I anticipate maybe I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Chiellini's going to get the start for the home opener. Mm. and then. Uh, but eventually it's just going to be Aaron Long's position. Chiellini's going to fill in sparingly. Or he will be a starter, come out, have Aaron Long play more, play more minutes. I mean, Aaron Long is is the younger, better, a better prospect. Obviously, Chiellini, legendary as he is, you're not going to keep him in against some of these quicker, faster, younger teams. Uh, will we see some starts out of him? Sure. I think it's a matter of like how he feels that morning and whether or not the espresso hit him in the right pocket <laughs> in the morning. That's what I think. But eventually, I think it's going to be Aaron Long's position, and I think it's going to be Stipe's up top. Yeah, look, the uh, the center back position is maybe the only position of strong depth that we have right now, right? If you think about... He's uh, up that midfield, bro. Yeah, but we've definitely beefed it up for sure. But I think if you have the, the triumvirate of Mario Chiellini and Aaron Long and you're deciding who gets 90 minutes, who maybe gets 60 each match, that's not a bad three to have to cycle between and... Look, we have seen a little bit out of Daniel Maldonado. We have seen a little bit out of Tony Leone. I'm not in love with either of those players right now, so I think you're absolutely right. Although, I'm surprisingly, I'm going to take the other side of the coin. I think the hometown kid, the Southern California product, does get the start in the home opener. I think it'll be Aaron Long alongside Jesus Murillo. But, cool. I mean, look. Any, like yeah, it. there you go. Uh, hot take by Scarf. Chiellini shouldn't so start. Hot, um, so He's so hot right now. I just, you guys know how much I love Chiellini. If I could have Chiellini out there 90 minutes every single match, I would. But then again, Scarf would also have Gigi Buffon starting in keeper for us if he could. So that's uh, not the best. And that would bump our average age to, you know, 39. Yeah, he's he's, he's not young, uh, is, is what we're saying. That being said, speaking of not young, looking over on the opposite side of Steven Chirundolo would be Bob Bradley. It was very nice. He had his cousin refereeing the match. He had his John son playing for Toronto. Uh, Bob Bradley was out there in very typical Bob Bradley form, yelling at players in the first minute of the preseason match. Nothing has changed much with Bob Bradley. It's season form indeed. Oh, yeah. Mike Sorber was out there as well. He was over all the way on the opposite side. That was fun to see uh, See a lot of the uh, the old band back together. We we tried looking for Mark Anthony K. Didn't see him a whole ton out there. I didn't but see him at all. In the starting lineup, first of all, I got to say, it's fun to watch Sean Johnson play, man. He is a very, very good keeper in this league and has been for a very long time. He was one of uh, Philly's former favorites of uh, NYCFC there. Philly, come on, you were a season ticket holder one year. I can keep saying that. 2015, that's before I moved here. Yeah, there you go. So uh, Philly, uh, 
Philly obviously has a very soft spot in his heart for Sean Johnson and all those great memories that he gave him all the way back in 2015. Uh, I mean, look, Sean Johnson's also a, a very, very good keeper in this league. So it's fun to watch a guy like Sean John. But starting in the lineup alongside Bernardeski, which was great, would be one number 99. Actually, Josh Saunders, bro. What, wait, Josh Saunders? Yeah, I think Josh Saunders was a starting keeper for NYCFC during that 2015 season. Oh, I was like, wait, Josh Saunders. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're probably right with that. I think I'm right. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah, Philly, so Philly's the leader of the Josh Saunders fan club is what we know now. Jesus. Um, All right, well, then, I, you're the, then you're the leader of the <laughs> Stephen Fry fan oh, club. No, no, no. Uh, what's uh, Not Stephen Fry at all. Uh, but that being said, uh, Stephen Fry, formerly of Toronto, by the way, before he went to Seattle. Adama Diamande, number 99, starting for Toronto up top. Um, not a lot from number 99 in that match. I think they kept him bottled up pretty well. Everything came from the opposite side. Bernardeski and Victor Vasquez combining for Toronto's only goal on a beautiful rocket. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but it was great to see number 99 out there. In fact, during the game, I yelled out to Adama and he answered right back. So it was kind of neat. He was playing with the fans a little bit. Uh, look, you can say what you want to say with all your memories about Adama Diamande, but nothing, nothing will take away his brace in the 5-3 playoff victory over Carson. That is one of my favorite matches that has ever occurred at the bank. Dio is one of my favorite players who has ever played in black and gold and say what you want. That's my guy. So uh, at me if you want, but I love me some Adama Diamande. It was great seeing him. I mean, he certainly looked like he was in, yeah, this, he was in battle shape for sure. And yeah, it's the only highlight we got to see out of him was the fact that he spoke to us at one point. Yeah, um, that was it. And I yelled, I love Dio. And he could have been just like, Hey Philly, I hate you, but I still be like, I love you, Dio. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> the defender's curse. We had the opportunity to interview him and he, uh, he bounced shortly after it's uh, yeah. if you wonder why we don't interview players as often, we certainly have access <laughs> to them. We, we, we talked to a lot of them. I mean, heck even on our live mama do fall and Chicho Arango popped into the chat. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really I did nice. the players in those capacities, but if you go back to season <laughs> one, we had Philip Edgemadu, our very first interview. He got hurt shortly after that. Uh, Javi Perez, ACL for the third time. Shortly after that, we had uh, Stephen Betashore. He bounced. <laughs> we had uh, we had Benny Thalhaber. He bounced. Um, we had uh, we had Adama Diamande. Shortly after that, he bounced. And then yeah. the uh, the part where I think we realized that we are bad luck is when we had Eddie Segura on, and then shortly <laughs> after that interview, he got hurt. So not really quick to wanting to interview anybody for the time being. I mean, maybe that'll listen, change. Listen, we also interviewed uh, Charlie Lyon, uh, who was great. That's why he was and, gone at that point, though. And and he and he hasn't gotten hurt since he interviewed with us. So but that he was hasn't great. Played since either. <laughs> He retired before we interviewed. Anyways, if you guys want to come on Defenders of the Bank, just let us know, guys. Come on. We would love to. Alexis Guerrero seems to have had a really great career from the right? Cougars ever since he's been on the show. There you go. And Rod you know who Diaz, else? Rod Diaz went from playing bass with suicidal tendencies to playing uh, on tour with Korn. Uh, I mean, the how guys about, how about Larry? millions of streams and they're traveling all over the world. So maybe we just need to interview musicians. How about Larry Friedman? Larry Friedman moving up in the world there with LAFC too. He's solidifying his hold over uh, 
over everything that is black and gold, along with John Thorington as co-president yeah, the there. Max Fredo so. still at, uh, here at Apple TV. Uh, Mark, Mark Rogan. Rogan I mean, come on, listen. Okay. We, so not anybody but players. Got it. <laughs> anybody but players. There we go. You know, I really would like to interview Bob someday on this. That would be good. <laughs> he retires so, the day after. Right. So let's uh, – Let's talk about the the opening banger by Denny Bowanga, uh, which was nice. Look, Bowanga is is a worker. No, no matter what, I, I think <laughs> what we're going to see from Denny Bowanga this year. Uh, uh, some people have said he's going to be a twenty and ten guy, which would be absolutely incredible for LAFC. They think he's going to be a top three MVP candidate. I absolutely think he can be. What we have seen in preseason so far is that our number, our new number ninety nine, Denny Bowanga. Looks absolutely incredible. He followed up uh, Carlos's shot, which was a nice save by Sean Johnson, uh, with a beautiful rebound goal. Always working to get in the right positions is Denny Bowanga. And look, he has jumped off the pitch in preseason in the matches that we have seen. He, he very well could have scored a goal in the NYCFC game, though he missed a PK. That's about the only blemish on his preseason record so far. Denny Bowanga has looked absolutely fantastic uh, what I didn't love, Philly, is LAFC, again, giving up a goal right after we score a goal. But you mentioned it, the absolute rocket by Victor Vasquez from the top of the box. That is a world-class goal. A world-class goal, indeed. And he took a uh, he took a, a assist from Bernadeschi. And, I mean, that was... That was like a top, like Sports Center top 10 style goal. I mean, yeah. he hit it. And the, the trajectory of it, he hit it so high, and it just curved right above the hands of John McCarthy. I was under the impression that that ball had gone out of play because from the angle that we had, that was the perspective that I thought I saw. And then I'm thinking, all right, we're going to get a goal kick. And the next thing you know, it's in the back of the net and McCarthy's just looking dejected. I I couldn't believe Vasquez made that shot world-class strike and not to be, I'm not surprised. I mean, the fact that he had that wide open of a look, was where you can say the defense broke down, but I don't think any any keeper, not a not a in his prime Manuel Neuer or in his prime Gigi Buffon or or heck Emerson uh, David de Gea, you name him, I don't think anybody would have stopped Victor, Victor Vasquez's shot. It was a beauty. No, it was a a great shot. Hit the underside of the crossbar before going in. It was a beautiful shot. Look, it, I, that's that's not a goal you mind giving up. I mean, I think we saw Jacob Glesnes with one of those. Daniel Gazdag with one of those against us. Those are just goals, as, as Philly says, you, you tip your cap to. Uh, and, Everybody uh, shared. No no booing. Everybody was like, whoa. That nah, was, we're all, whoa. Uh, that that's was, a jaw dropper. Yeah, that was definitely a, a beautiful goal. Long stretches of, to be honest, not too much uh, by both teams. It was a very preseason feeling game for, for quite a bit of it, although I think LAFC did control the game for the most part. They had uh, much better chances and – and look, we'll we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about our preseason schedule so far in in, in a second. But Denny Bowanga off of a beautiful. You mentioned it. You think he's going to be able to get the start over Mahala uh, to start the season for LAFC? An absolutely beautiful cross by Stipe Buke, subbing on for Mahala in the second half. He put one right on the money for, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like a diving low header by Denny Bowanga as he put the second goal in the back of the net, his brace in the preseason match, and beautiful, and look, as quality of a finish as it was by Denny Bowanga, a beautiful ball by Stipe Buke. 
a beautiful ball indeed. And I mean, he had his made his presence felt right off the bat coming into the game. Stipe is going to be a very solid player. I mean, you wouldn't, I, I never got to see the kid really play up close and personal. And I mean, he impressed me in the limited minutes that he, uh, that he had, but Danny Buanga, Danny Buanga is going to be, in my opinion, our, our biggest offensive threat. Uh, there's no question. Obviously Carla, all the, the smart money will say Carlos Vela is going to be due to the fact that uh, his ball distribution and his ability to, to kick yeah. that beautiful left foot, find in the back of the net. But Danny Buanga is going to be gangbusters this season. He's had some time to acclimate with his team. He, he understands the system. He's a big, physical, imposing forward. I think he's going to take this league by storm and honestly turn it upside down. 20 and 10, I would say, are, are, are reasonable expectations. If anything, I would say they're, they're benchmarks. Like, you need to hit these. I think he's going to surpass it. I don't know by how much, but I certainly think that he's capable of scoring more than 20 goals. Yeah, look, uh, we'll talk about the elephant in the room one more time. He has yet to debut for Pachuca, but we got a lot to replace with Chicho Arango gone. And if Stipe Butte continues, by the way, to play the way that we've seen in limited minutes in the preseason, I think it would be a very nice compliment to guys like Carlos Vela and Denny Bawanga. But the thing that you knew when you rolled out the lineup of Bawanga, Vela, and Chicho is that you had to account for all three of them all of the time. You couldn't sag off and maybe double Bawanga to get the ball off his feet and maybe get a turnover. You couldn't sag off and make sure that you closed down on the left foot of God of Carlos Vela. Mm -hmm. You had to account for Chicho wherever he was, for Carlos wherever he was, and for Denny Bawanga wherever he was. And until we get that third top-level striker, because we don't, we don't have one of those at least on paper yet although this is the beauty of john thorrington this is the beauty of the front office we know that when they are scouting and they find a guy like Stipe buke or they find a kid like mahala who again mahala has been one of the most productive players under the age of 22 in the entire league over the course of his time being here so an incredible find by uh by john thorrington and everybody for mahala but there's just something about Mahala and Stipe that don't hit the same that doesn't hit the same way as uh, as Chicho Arango would. But uh, second half substitutions, Philly. My opinion is that we could be looking at very close to what might be an eighteen to start the year for LAFC. Obviously, Aaron Long is going to be in the mix. We've talked about him already, and another player who maybe we haven't given enough love to for a very solid preseason effort so far is Sergi Palencia who wearing number 30, he has subbed in both matches on the right side. So for Ryan Hollingshead, not for Cheeky Palacios, he has played on that right side and he has looked pretty good. We talked about Stipe Buke. I'm not super impressed by Daniil Maldonado just yet, the Honduran center back that we picked up. But two names, we mentioned Timothy Tillman. And I really liked what we saw from, as far as we know, he is just a preseason trialist, former Atlanta United, and I believe Boca Juniors man, if, if you go all the way back to it. Emerson Hindman, I don't know if it's Hindman or Hindman. He wears number 35. He was, we were trying to figure out who he was on the last podcast. It is Emerson Hindman or Hindman, I don't know, uh, played for Atlanta. Philly, what were your thoughts on, on the subs that came in? I think these could be guys who maybe make up the 18 portion of our roster to start the season. No Boca Jr. scarf. I mean, he uh, he he 
kid from Texas. And I got to tell you, Texas happens to raise some, especially the Dallas area. And that FC Dallas Academy is great. Here's a young man at 26 years of age. As of right now, he left the FC Dallas Academy, went straight to Fulham's Youth Academy at the age of 15. Managed to get 25 oh, games. You're right. That's the, what I meant. Thank you. Hey, you know, Boca Juniors, Fulham, Craven College, La Bombonera, you know, they're very similar. <laughs> no, right? it was it was it was Burnmouth, not Boca. It was Burnmouth. Yeah, Sorry. so I mean, but he got the majority of his run. <laughs> and Burnmouth, he was there for a shot of uh, you know, Chiellini making an espresso it takes more time than than his time was there. I mean, he got most of his run at Fulham. Uh he did go to Burnmouth, got uh, loaned out to a couple Scottish clubs, Rangers and Hibernian, uh made his way over to Atlanta United. I remember doing homework on him. A couple of years ago, uh, getting ready for the pods. Um, he got the majority of the, the teams that he's played for the majority of the time, or he's got the most caps, I should say. It would be Atlanta United. Even had the opportunity to play a couple of games with the U.S. men's national team. I think he's going to be more than just a... Um, I think here's a guy who could essentially fight for a starting position from time to time. Of course, our midfield starters are locked but everything is uh, still contingent upon whether or not Sifu sticks around. But I think Emerson could be a really nice addition uh, should he be given that full-time contract. I don't know the exact specifics, no transaction, no PR to report, but, I mean, guy comes up through a great academy, plays for a couple of really good teams. Uh, I'm not going to say Fulham's a really good team there. Yo-yo club, same with Burnmouth. But, you know, having to be having to have the opportunity to play on these big stages is is awesome. And then Atlanta United's one of the more solid teams in the MLS. So he's uh, I think he's going to be a great addition and he looks good. He did wear number thirty five. And that was the controversy we uh, we were trying to figure out. Yeah, he was 18 years old when he made his U.S. men's national team debut. 18 years old. He was a young kid. I mean, he had just played a couple games with Fulham. This is a guy who's full of potential. Let's be very clear, though. In January of this year, just last month, Atlanta United let him go. They just agreed to terminate his contract. So this is a guy who's not just playing for for literally a paycheck, but he's playing for a roster spot on a club that just won MLS Cup after coming from a club that a few seasons ago won MLS Cup. So this is a guy that's been on winners that wants to be on another winner, and he's working pretty hard with us. Looks really, really good uh, with us in preseason. Uh, just some some questions, I guess, right, um, with why a team like Atlanta United, who is going through a little bit of a rebuild, I believe, right now, obviously, with Joseph Martinez going to enter miami uh, all of the the quality that that club hasn't really been able to make work uh, with Pitti Martinez and obviously Miguel Almiron leaving and, and a lot of Atlanta is not the Atlanta that they were in 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, so it, it worries me a little bit that they let a guy like Emerson go. But that being said, if they let him go and he, one man's, you know, I don't want to say trash, but one man's discarded roster spot is another man's treasure. He could be a big hit for our front office and for LAFC. Uh, he also was apparently a pretty good baseball player, which is kind of neat. And he's got uh, Portuguese citizenship. There's a fun fact for you. Yeah, he's got all kinds of fun stuff. He was the Rangers Young Player of the Year in Scotland. Mean, he he played with Hibernian, which is just one of my favorite team names to ever say over in the Scottish Premier League. Uh, he's won the U.S. Open Cup. He's won Campeones Cup with Atlanta. I mean, this is a guy who... He's solid. I mean, he appeared at the U.S. men's national team in 2014 and 2016. 
two times before he turned 21, which is pretty incredible. I mean, he's he's got a lot of talent, so we will see. But you mentioned it, uh, a bunch of games with Fulham in the championship, a uh, couple of games with Burnmouth in the Prem. And then he literally was with, yeah, literally. Then he was with Rangers and Hibernian in the uh, in the Scottish Premiership, former home, of course, one Christian Ramirez. And then for Atlanta, I mean, look, this is a guy who has played, what, 50-some-odd game, 100, 100 games total in his career. 10 goals, uh, which is solid. Uh, and just one of those players that I, I think 138 games in his career, excuse me, 11 goals overall, total appearances. He could be a very good fit with us. And again, we, it's been the Pee Wee Herman's Magic Playhouse magic word of the of the uh, episode, uh, midfielder. And that's when uh, you know the chair goes nuts and the post office box goes nuts and everything else good over at Pee Wee's Playhouse goes nuts. We need a good we, we need a good <laughs> and, midfielder. And Cancels. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, just keep him out of movie theaters, everybody. Uh, yeah. Just uh, just get some more midfielders, and we're good. And I think he's going to be one that's very good. I do want to take one quick step back for everybody who's who's looking at preseason results as anything that matters. Uh, we uh, played Ray, uh, Real Salt Lake, DC United, and Toronto. Uh, everybody will tell you that Real Salt Lake, DC United, and Toronto are not really very good. There's a lot to like about Toronto's upcoming season. Uh, they've got the Italians. They've got Sean John. Uh, they've got Adama Diamande, who we love. Obviously, Victor Vasquez looks pretty good, but they still do have the 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 fumbling giant Omar Gonzalez back there, who I will never be a fan of no matter what. I, I just don't like Omar Gonzalez. Uh, they've got a lot of reasons not to be good in Toronto. They've got even more reasons not to be good in DC United. Although Peggy Burnbaum, we still love you. Uh, it's it's not like we have set ourselves up to have this gauntlet of a preseason to test our metal before we go and try and defend the cup. And it's not like the San Diego Loyal are going to be playing in Major League Soccer at all next season when we play them on the 18th. So this is a preseason that I think was very carefully curated by John Thorrington by the front office so that we could get some guys some burn, and there wouldn't be a whole lot of consternation regardless of how we did. So everybody relax on how we're doing in the preseason. That means that's, nothing, seriously. Right? Absolutely It, it never has. It never yeah. has, never will. No. And uh, and look, we didn't do well in the preseason last year. It was just kind mm-hmm. of a meh preseason, and I think everybody would take last season's results based on our preseason performance, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. San Diego Loyals are next upcoming game, and uh, people are asking, how come? I, how do I get tickets? Well, if you're a season ticket holder, uh, you have the opportunity, like you said, to get up to four. And for those of you out there, don't gouge your fellow LAFC supporters. You got a free ticket. You know, if if you can't can't if you don't have people to bring, I mean, allocate them to somebody who cares. You know, give them the people that you know would appreciate it. Help give them to somebody that you know very well that absolutely loves the team has never had the opportunity to go to a game. General admission should be a good time. San Diego loyal. We get to witness a, uh, or get to see an old friend, the ghost. For those of you <laughs> longtime defenders of the bank listeners, we're talking about Alejandro Guido, a player who almost made the pitch and stormed off when he didn't with his temper tantrum. He'll right. be there. Um, they're not going to have the freshest of legs, Scarf. I believe they play NYCFC tomorrow at 3 p.m. in another exhibition match, but I don't foresee anything going uh, against the SD Loyal. There's going to be – I do have some inside information on a player that we are familiar with that is trialing. I can't say it. I, do, I, just, I just can't because of something I'm tied to. But keep your eye out on the San Diego Loyal roster. You might recognize a couple of names 
on that team. But it'll be nice. It'll be a fun, festive day. We'll be a couple hundred dollars poorer, having spent that money at LAFCHQ for some really dope Cypress Hill insane in the membrane-colored jerseys. <laughs> and then we're going to get to chill 5 o'clock. The question is, though, whether or not we're going to be there early enough to tailgate. That's uh, something Scarf and I will have to figure out. But I, I can't wait for Saturday. We're recording this on a Monday. You will more than likely be listening to this on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. But we've got a lot of fun things ahead. we got the game against the Galaxy in Pasadena on February 25th, which will no doubt be an exciting game, potentially a record-breaking crowd. There's, there's cool stuff in the horizons, and uh, it hasn't even hit me that the season's beginning. This is the earliest it's it's ever began, and it's it's kind of crazy to get to see a preseason match, get to see a lot of familiar faces at Bank of California Stadium, the ability to go in. Uh, hopefully the pitch looks good. I mean, all the images I'm seeing from the bag lunch event and all that stuff doesn't look like, it looks like the pitch has seen better days, but it'll certainly be nice to be back with y'all in there. If you happen to see Scarf and I, please say hi. And uh, yeah, maybe I felt froggy and jumped across the other lily pad quicker than you would have liked me to, but I'll stop now on my very long monologue. <laughs> I like it. I didn't know where you were going with some of that, but I like neither it. Did, neither did I. I never do. Uh, we got what Joe Corona and uh, Blake Bodily are a couple of MLS names you might know on the San Diego Loyal Bodily, formerly of Portland, and Joe Corona, formerly of the uh, Galaxy. Uh, in addition to, as we mentioned, the ghost himself, Alejandro Guido, who has now become San Diego Loyal's number 10. That's right, Alejandro Guido is the number 10 on the San Diego Loyals. So, actually, doing uh, pretty well down there. He is because you know he actually gets to play down yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, he's got what I think eleven goals over the course of his sixty matches with him. Yeah, he's he's done very well for himself. He's uh back and forth with Cholos, right? So he's uh he's doing okay down there. So uh, congrats for he's also the weird line in his bio. He's he's you know born in 1994, so he's not young, but he's also not old. It says Guido has been certified by the Mexican Federation to be a coach. All right. There you go. He's going to coach someday. Uh, the pride of Chula Vista won Alejandro Guido. Uh, and it'll also be nice to hopefully catch up with Jerry Jimenez when he comes oh, yeah, back. Yeah, he'll be there. I uh, spoke with him earlier, the pod phone. Yeah, so that, that'll be fun. Uh, that being said, episode 230, this is our contribution to MLS Monday, guys. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope you stick around all season here on Defenders of the Bank. We got tons of fun stuff going on this season, and we will see everybody out there on the 18th as we take on the loyal Philly and any parting words for the millions and millions. Uh, I'm just really happy that we've gotten this under 60 minutes. Yes. All right. And you guys know how we like to end all of our podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.